Money FM 89.3, the best of prime time. In the spotlight on Money FM 89.3. The fact that businesses must embrace sustainability to keep up with the effects of climate change on supply chains and rising consumer demand for greener goods and services, that's been making the headlines more and more recently. And also at the recent annual Singapore Business Awards presentation ceremony, where Minister for Sustainability and the Environment, Grace Fu, highlighted this as well. Now, the annual SBA, jointly organized by the Business Times and DHL Express Singapore, recognizes business leaders who have made a difference difference in their industries and created value for their stakeholders as well. DHL Express, it's a company needing no introduction, right? It's the world's leading express service provider. It's been championing the Go Green movement for quite some time and it recently kicked off its quarterly business seminar series with an e-commerce themed event, keeping up with clicks in a sustainable way. All to discuss future trends, best practices and the significance of building sustainable e-commerce businesses. Businesses. But not all consumers or businesses are able or ready to go green. And the reason is simple. Sustainable living can be considered too pricey for most consumers or businesses. To talk more about this, Christopher Ong joins us. He's Managing Director of DHL Express Singapore. Hi, Christopher. Hi, Varathi. Good evening. Thanks for joining us, Chris. Now, I know that DHL has many significant green initiatives and has unveiled them, has executed them. But let's talk about this more generally, this perception that it's expensive to become greener, to become more sustainable. Is it true or not in your experience? Well, I I think when we first embarked on this whole green journey over a decade ago, we were the first transportation company to set quantifiable targets in 2008 in terms of our carbon footprint and the reduction of our carbon footprint. And, you know, when we first started that journey, yes, that was, you know, the impression that we all had within the business that, hey, going green, especially when we were entering the global financial crisis at that point, was going to cost us an arm and a leg. And, you know, uh, how could I convince my stakeholders and colleagues to invest in green because at that time actually i was at the uh, regional office here at dhl and i was responsible for the regional go green program but one of the things we i think we did really well was to be able to actually quantify our carbon footprint very effectively and because you know we were able to do that very effectively and accurately i could actually present numbers to my colleagues to show them that actually carbon efficiency equated to cost efficiency. And in fact, literally, the light bulb went off. And we went through a huge relamping program where we converted all the fluorescent lamps in our warehouses and our offices to LED. And we could actually see the payoffs because, you know, even at that time, the electricity costs were relatively high uh, already at that point. And, you know, the returns that we could get actually uh, showed up in our P&L. So that was actually the very first step we did. And we then started looking at alternative fuel vehicles, et cetera, et cetera. Now, fast forward 10 years or almost 12 years, um, we could actually see that switching to electric vehicles actually has saved us money. Ah, would you you be able to give us some figures as in percentage savings, for instance? So, you know, when we first uh, started looking at electric vehicles, for example, uh, since 2019, I mean, that was when we could see some really viable alternatives on the roads. 
um, in Singapore. We did a few test bits. But most recently, when we made the decision to really go all in and we deployed an, an extra 80 vehicles, we have a total of about 92 vehicles running on the road right now. Um, the largest, I, I suppose, largest electric fleet for a commercial vehicle fleet in Singapore. Uh, what we realized was that net-net, we're actually saving around 15%, you know, on our daily operating costs mm. of the vehicle. Now, this is all in, including the leasing costs, the cost of in, uh, installing chargers, and then, of course, taking into account uh, diesel as well as the electricity costs. And that 15% was at a time when diesel was probably at about 250 It's actually higher than that now. Right, right. The thing is, it's always a challenge to get all stakeholders on board. And I believe you alluded to it as well briefly. You said that once they saw the numbers, they were convinced. But in the initial stages, what exactly did it entail? The process of getting all of this together before you actually had a proof of concept, so to speak. Well, I I think, you know, you can't manage what you can't measure. Honestly, I think the very, very first step is really just getting a good grasp of your carbon footprint and knowing where, you know, the emissions are coming from. For us as a transportation company, of course, you know, it's coming from the jet fuel that we burn, the, you know, the diesel that we use on the road. Uh, now more and more it's shifting towards electricity because of uh, the vehicles that we have and so on. Right? What you, you know, run your air conditioning and the lights and so on. And, and once you're able to start measuring that, then you can start working out what are the levers you use. Because until you actually have a good inventory to understand where you consume your energy, you won't be able to then make the right decisions in terms of how you're going to abate it. Yeah, you you have to know where you are before you can decide where to go. Exactly. I I think the first thing, you know, even for uh, small companies like SMEs, what's important is firstly know what is your footprint. Where are the levers that you can push or pull to actually uh, reduce your carbon footprint. And, and currently, as I mentioned, when we first started out this journey, we invested in, for example, solar panels on the roofs of our warehouses. And everybody thought, you know, when are you ever going to get a payback on that? Mm. But the point is, you know, now the cost of solar actually, in some cases, is lower than the cost from the grid yeah. because of the high energy prices. So, you know, because at that point we made a decision first to invest and we knew that there was going to be a return over a longer period of time. But because our leases were relatively long, we will see a return. What has happened with the high energy prices is that now the return has accelerated significantly, right, in terms of when we get, you know, a return on these investments. You mentioned green electric vehicles a number of times. The thing is, these things tend to be complex, right? It's not just a case of if it's electric, it's good. I mean, if the grid that is powering the electric vehicles is based on fossil fuels, for example, in the case of Singapore, we're using natural gas, which is the cleanest fossil fuel, but a fossil fuel nevertheless. It sort of defeats the purpose or it's not 100% green. The grids have to be powered by renewable and sustainable energy as well. So how do you navigate all of this, considering that a lot of grids are not powered by renewable energy? Yeah. So, well, for for a start, because as I mentioned, we have a very a good understanding of the amount of emissions that we produce for every kilometer that we drive based on our vehicle profile, et cetera, et cetera. Just by switching to electric vehicles, we have already reduced our emission per kilometer by 50%. Right? So as a start, just switching from diesel 
to electric, we cut the carbon footprint by 50%, okay? Now, as I mentioned earlier, we have solar panels on our roofs, right? We're now exploring how we can tap that solar power to actually charge our vans. Mm. The challenge we have is that the solar panels work only during the day and we only charge our vans at night. Mm. You know, that's something we're trying to work through at this point to figure out, hey, should we invest in storage, right? To store all this solar energy, which then can be used to charge a van at night, which then makes them truly zero emission. Exactly. So there needs to be more thinking and innovation on that front for sure. Here's the thing, though. We were talking about making e-commerce more sustainable. So it's got to go beyond just the supply chain and the vehicles that the people who deliver your parcels use. We're talking here about people using the internet more. We're talking about more data centers All of these have such a large footprint. So considering that as a green company, you should be looking at the entire value chain. Any ideas on how that can be mitigated? The rest of the value chain can be mitigated. I think that's something that uh, we have to look, you know, through not just e-commerce, but of course your regular retail. Because frankly, actually there's quite a lot of waste that actually goes into regular retail because they produce their inventories based on an estimate, how how much they think the consumers will buy. And that's why you end up with factory outlets, you know, taking on overstock inventory, et cetera, et cetera. Now, you know, while the e-commerce space, of course, yep, a lot of it goes by air versus perhaps ocean freight on regular uh, retail. The fact is, a lot more of it is basically purchased on demand, which means that in theory, you can produce less. Right. You can actually ensure that you're not, you know, moving things uh, unnecessarily. You're only moving it when you need to because someone has ordered it, for example, right from the distribution center. Um, And of course, looking at the whole chain, we look at sustainable packaging. We want to see how we can reduce uh, the amount of packaging that's required for the goods at the same time to then recycle all this packaging, you know. So you're right, Bharati, it's, it's not straightforward. It's something that we are working through. But what's more important is that we actually give customers the option to see their footprint by using our services, for example, right? And, and through this, they can then choose whether, okay, they can actually offset that carbon footprint by purchasing green credits. But over time, as DHL moves towards getting to a net zero position, and which is a target that we had set for ourselves or but since 2017, then at that point, you know, consumers will see that, hey, even using the express services actually does not produce any carbon emissions at that point. Moving forward and considering we are living in uncertain economic times, What would you advise businesses who haven't quite become green or even thought of it to do in order to at least get started on the process? Aside from the fact that there are cost savings involved and it's not as expensive as they might think, what else do you think would really strike a chord here? No, I think firstly, as I mentioned, right from the beginning, start from the basics, know your footprint for a start. Because I think by doing that, you then start to understand what are the levers right, that you can push and pull. And at the same time, I I suppose it's now a a change in the mindset. In the past, everyone thinks that green is a cost. It's more expensive. Uh, It's also now a big opportunity. Uh, More and more of our our customers are demanding that 
they see not just the commitments or what we made, right, in the market to say we want to net, be net zero, but what are the intermediate steps we're taking, right? And we have set targets, we have shown that we're investing, and more and more in RFQs of large companies, they do require certain declarations in terms of what are we doing, you know, to green the supply chain. And so more and more, even to qualify to bid for RFQ, perhaps companies need to have certain you know, certifications in the sustainability area. And so I, I suppose companies need to start thinking that it's not just a cost, but it is a need. They don't transform. They may not be able to secure growth in their business because they may lose out to someone who has proven themselves in the area of sustainability even though they may be a little more expensive. Now, the Singapore Exchange and the Monetary Authority of Singapore have launched an online sustainability reporting portal, all of this aimed at streamlining disclosure for corporations and improving data quality as well. But a lot of people have also noted that there is an absence of a unified global framework for reporting. And this actually opens people up to greenwashing, opens consumers up to it as well, because they become victims who believe that a company might be green when actually it isn't. What do you think needs to be done here in order to make things simpler for both companies and consumers? Well, I I think, you know, at least here in Singapore, with the efforts of the Singapore Exchange and the MAS, you know, uh, at least it is a start, at least in the local market, to uh, allow consumers and companies to then have that visibility in terms of what companies are doing and how they are performing in the area of sustainability. Now, you're right, there isn't a clear global standard, but there are certain protocols like the GHG protocols that allow companies to report their scope one, scope two, scope three type emissions. And oftentimes, oftentimes, you will see that companies who are engaged in this, oftentimes are recognized by independent parties like the Dow Jones Index and other indices that actually recognize companies for having auditable as well as you know, high-quality reporting. And I, I suppose over time, more and more companies will need to sign on to these types of certifications, shall we say, to prove that, hey, we're not just greenwashing, we actually are executing as we commit. And you can see the investments that we're making, and over time, uh, these will all have to be reported, you know, uh, through the governments, which are now imposing carbon taxes. You know, as in Singapore, the levies for carbon emissions are going up. And so at some point, you know, uh, it will cost people pretty penny for having significant carbon emissions. So over time, right, more and more consumers will actually be able to see all of this being reported uh, out in the market. Thanks very much for your time today, Chris. Christopher Ong, Managing Director, DHL Express Singapore. Thanks for joining us on Primetime. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.